genuflecting the Milwaukee Brewers are just better than the Cincinnati Reds. We saw it all weekend long. I mean, when you get swept, it's really hard to say anything else but that. But there were so many reasons as to why Dom and myself will get into it on today's Locked On Reds, Locked On Brewers crossover. Thank you all so much for joining us here today. Locked On Reds and Locked On Brewers is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We know you love to, and we're free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we're going to look at just how much better the Brewers are than the Reds. It's it's really, from my estimation, Dom, it's really more of a blueprint, something I'd like the Reds to emulate. Uh, but also there were a couple of surprises. Graham Ashcraft for me comes to mind. And then how we look moving forward, because I feel like the Brewers have gone through a rough stretch here, and I think that this weekend was the get-right serum for them. And we'll get into all of that here on today's crossover, which is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online that has uh, you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right. Dom, I appreciate you getting the chance to talk with you here about this series. By the way, welcome. This is the first time we're getting to talk with you here on Lockdown Reds. Um, and congratulations. I mean, that was just some good, <laughs> good dang baseball played by the Brewers this weekend. <laughs> they needed that, man. Um, it's been a, it's been a weird last couple of weeks for the Brewers. And for them, they were most excited, not so much about the win, but more about the happy flight, given the fact that this is now officially the end of three consecutive three-city road trips. They are very excited to get back home and get back to a little more normalcy, no more of these marathon road trips for the rest of the season. And furthermore, they finished one game above 500 because of finishing off that sweep yesterday on these three series. So they went 15 and 14 playing three straight three city road trips. That's very, very impressive, no matter who you play. Right. And that's why I think you saw them a little more jubilant walking off the field yesterday. Uh, I, I was absolutely uh, I, I talked about it in my podcast on Friday saying like, look, you need to get a series win. You're the better team, hands down. But you need to prove to the rest of the Central, specifically the Cardinals, that you can get a sweep against a team that you're better than. And the Brewers needed that confidence builder moving into maybe their biggest series of the year starting today with those Cardinals at home. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch, even from an outsider's perspective. Um, so far as, you know, obviously no horse in the race. The Reds aren't really trying to race up toward any top of any division. They're just hoping for third at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, from a Reds perspective, just watching this team, Number one, they really miss Tyler Stevenson. But number two, they have to play. If they're playing a good team like the Brewers, playing a top-flight National League team like the Brewers, they have to play perfect. They they cannot give up anything. You can't have an error. You can't have you know walks and maybe a missed double play here or there. They literally have to make no errors on the scoreboard and errors in our minds. You know, when you watch a play and you're just like, well, they're not going to score that in error, but that obviously should have been made. Um, you can't do that if you're the Reds. And they had that problem a lot this weekend. There were many instances and I look at the start um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about Graham Ashcraft, but we'll look at some of the things that he did uh, here in a few minutes, because that was just a microcosm for me of the whole series. The Reds did enough to stay close-ish, but 
not enough that they really, I mean, the only time I think the Brewers ever really thought about a loss was Friday night whenever Joey Votto's ball landed like a couple feet in front of the wall. Other than that, I think the Brewers were pretty comfortable. Yeah, I mean, an inch off of the handle and more toward the barrel for that one for Votto, it's gone. And we're talking about a completely different outlook, especially for the Brewers thinking, look, they didn't have Josh Hader available this weekend. He was out on paternity leave, just welcomed in his first child. Congratulations to him and Maria Lucas, a baby boy, into the into the world now. But they didn't have Josh Hader. And Brad Boxberger said at postgame on Friday, he's like, you know, this place is smaller than a box of Cracker Jacks. And, uh, you know, he didn't know if it was gone or not. I think for... The play that I think that jumps out to me of, you know, plays you need to make (laughs) is the Tommy Pham failed jump on the wall and left on Andrew McCutcheon's very catchable double. I believe that was in the third inning yesterday. And that started the rally for the Brewers to get things going uh, in game three of that series because you were hanging in there pound for pound. Mike Minor was off to a good start. Tommy Pham should make that play. He looked like he was afraid of the wall, lost count of his steps. I know Tommy Pham's not a good defensive outfielder. He's got a decent arm, but he's there for his bats. And that play was like another one. Like, oh my goodness, we keep making our own little mistakes against a team that's better than us. And it's going to happen. Now, granted, the Brewers had a lot of home runs this weekend, as they have been all year long against the Reds. So that's more on the pitchers than it is on the defense. But I, I look at... That play from Fam and having Jonathan India up with Adrian Hauser on the ropes in the fourth inning yesterday, a chance to deliver the kill shot after Auring allowing three runs that inning, a pair of walks. He's over 30 pitches for the frame, and he's swinging two pitches into the at-bat. Like, man, got to be a little more patient and stop pressing against a guy that's struggling to find the zone. Little mistakes like that in the microcosm of a losing streak or a losing season really add up for a team like the Reds that are just looking for something good to root for right now. 100%. And you mentioned Boxberg. It's kind of funny. I've always thought about him because he was a Reds prospect. He was traded a long time ago to the Padres in the Matt Latos deal. Uh, And I always wonder on the the, uh, Brad Boxberger side of things if he's like, you know what? I didn't have to pitch in that ballpark. Like, I'm glad that it only happens every so often in a divisional tilt. Because he's right. I mean, there were a couple of hits that I kind of thought, you know, maybe dead baseball. Maybe that's really not much to talk about. But there were just some fly balls that kind of dropped. Then it happens for every team. It doesn't just happen for the Reds. But um, overall, that was my biggest thought on the weekend for the Red Legs is that as much as it hurts for a sweep, it just felt like there were so many instances where it's just like, oh, boy, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And, and, and there's some performances from guys that I, I honestly am almost chalking it up to, hey, let's build some trade value at this point. Right. Uh, so we'll see exactly how that all plays out. But all in all, a Brewers team and, and kind of like you said, you know, Josh Hader comes in on the paternity list. Uh, they probably weren't going to be probable starters anyway, but Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta not available uh you had colton long noted reds destroyer not available and the brewers still got it done and got it done convincingly yeah if there was a series for the reds to get one again like they did back in i mean it feels like two years ago i mean given where it's only a month ago but (laughs) the reds took a series from the brewers and this kind of was the teetering like oh my gosh are the brewers as good as we think they are kind of thing and that's when everybody was healthy you beat adrian hauser you beat him into the dirt uh that that started in the finale of that series and the christian yelich cycle wacky ninth inning yada yada but 
with with if there's a chance to get the Brewers, it would have been this one. Kind of like how the Brewers look at their last week in New York, taking on the Mets without Scherzer and without DeGrom. And that would have been a great opportunity for them to take two out of three from the Mets. They had an opportunity to do so, and they didn't. Granted, they didn't get swept like the Reds did this past week. Right. But little victories like that for David Bell looking for something to look forward to for his team, it, it just feels like you keep getting punched in the gut, in the gut, in the gut, in the gut. It's just, man, what do we got to do to win a series? In a series, that I mean, you look at these final scores, 5-4 on Friday, close. Yeah, the winning run at the plate on Friday. Saturday wasn't even, it was a lot closer than 7-3. It felt closer than that. And even yesterday, 6-3 felt closer to that. And then Hunter Renfro unloads on the ball. I don't think still has come down yet. <laughs> and it's just these swings are just absolute backbreakers that you feel like you're in it. You feel like you're in it. And the air just gets sucked out of Great American Ballpark. It's a tough go of things right now there on the riverfront. It really is. And it's funny you mentioned David Bell because no sooner did Sunday's game end that I started getting mentions of fire David Bell. I want to okay. reiterate, uh, I don't know how this is any of his fault. Like, obviously, he can do a little bit to kind of sway a couple of wins here or there, but the man has been handed the roster that he's been handed, and this is where we are. But I will say this. You mentioned something earlier that I want to get to here, and that is the pitching, because the pitching was a surprise for me. The, the pitching for mm-hmm. the Reds has really started to even out, started to look a lot better and then this series didn't look very good at all. Uh, I want to get into that here in just a moment. But, Dom, do, do you monitor your macros? Do you, do you kind of watch all those numbers? Oh, yeah. I'm all in on it. There it is right there. Yeah. I, I try, I, at least protein, and I try to keep the carbs down and things like that. But when it comes to vitamins and things like that, there's so many options out there. There's letters like A and B and D and... Mm, numbers on top of letters and I'm like you know what whatever athletic greens has provided us with an easy solution it's ag1 it provides you with literally everything it's got all the probiotics it's got super nutrients it's got really awesome stuff that whenever you put a scoop of ag1 in your glass at the beginning of the day you just drink a little bit of water with some ag1 it's got a tropical taste to it i don't know if you've noticed that too um that i i kind of dig in the morning um it also brings with it all of the vitamins and nutrients that you need every single day just in one gulp very very useful you got to check it out athletic greens was created by a guy who kind of went through a bit of a health crisis where his doctor told him he needs more vitamins than his cabinet will hold or his wallet will pay for and all of a sudden he comes up with this solution ag1 that's going to help you improve your health dramatically on a daily basis and all you got to do is drink a glass of water with a scoop of powder each day it's ag1 go to athleticgreens.com slash mlb network today to check out this awesome offer where you will get a year's supply of vitamin d and five travel packs for free with your first order that's athleticgreens.com slash mlb network today to get the ultimate nutritional insurance Thanks again for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Brews your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. This was a series in which the Brewers took all three games. This was a series in which there were a little bit of positives for the Reds, but mostly just a lot of just gut-wrenching negatives for me. And not Mm -hmm. necessarily in the the terms of, gosh, I think that they're going to lose every game moving forward though I've heard that take. Uh, The biggest thing for me, though, was the pitching. Uh, Hunter Green 
and Graham Ashcraft here recently have been revelations. And Hunter Green, for the biggest uh, part of June and the last part of May, had stopped allowing home runs. I mean, you remember very well, whenever he was pitching there at American Family, he gave up five homers in one start. And ever since then, he calmed down. He'd been pitching pretty well. He gave up a couple of long balls on Friday. Graham Ashcraft, kind of a tough performance there. I thought it was interesting, and I give Craig Council credit here. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to say, hey, you know, I love the gamesmanship of baseball. This was perfect gamesmanship. The umpire asked him to take off his wedding band on his glove hand. I'm like, what? But you get in the rook's head, and and he had a tough performance. That was one of those things where it's like, look, it's not going to be easy sailing through the major leagues. Ashcraft, you're going to have to figure some things out. But all in all, the starting pitching, and then Mike Miner went back to more of what his first start in a Reds uniform looked like than his second start. So the starting pitching set the Reds back so much that, yes, the lineup helped, and they missed some opportunities, but even just those few missed opportunities really doomed them because of the starting pitching's performance. Yeah, I've been thoroughly impressed with Hunter Green. I got a chance to see him in the minor leagues as well. For Hunter, it's hard enough for any pitcher in the big leagues to face the same team three times in the span of, what, 50 days? Yeah. Uh, and then furthermore, <laughs> for it to be a rookie, and even furthermore, for a guy to legitimately only have two pitches. Right. And for a team that have had so much success against Hunter Green in that first outing here in Milwaukee, for him to bounce back the way he has in his last two outings, relying on that slider, really catching hitters off guard. He's throwing more sliders and fastballs these days, which is quite a sentence to say for a guy that throws 100 miles an hour. I was really impressed with him on Friday. He rolled with the punches, giving up four earned runs as a rookie in today's baseball in that ballpark. I feel like is a win. You did your job. I know it's not a quality start per se, maybe not what you're expecting out of the soon-to-be ace of your staff. I was very impressed with Hunter Green, but as you know, your bullpen is put together by duct tape right now. They they handled things on Friday, but I mean, Sessa had a tough go of it. Detweiler gives up the homer on Friday that ultimately was the difference, and that was, quite frankly, a good matchup for the Reds. Right. A lefty versus Keston Hira. Hira's got reverse splits for his entire career, so that was just as shocking for us in Milwaukee as it was for you guys for Detweiler giving that up. It, you're put together by duct tape right now, and it's just... You lose these great outings, and Mike Miner, he obviously lost some steam. I look at his outing. How many changeups did he throw, That's despite true. it being his worst pitch statistically this year? And he had the Brewers fooled. The Brewers will strike out. Yes, they hit homers, but they will strike out. They're like a poor man's version of the Atlanta Braves. So the fact that he was still throwing out there that changeup gives up the homer to Caratini. But then in the bullpen, again, Hunter Renfro, who is hunting the Reds right now. It's just been like one or two pitches in these games, and it's ruining it for the starters, making it look a whole lot worse. There's something about Brewers' recent additions through trades, Hunter Renfro and Willie Domus, that just, I don't know mm -hmm. if maybe the Reds were in on negotiations for I don't know about Renfro, but I know that the Reds were at least talking to the Rays about Willie Adamas and how much dominant those two guys have been uh, this year for Hunter Renfro, obviously, but the last two years for Willie Adamas, I joked around in the first game whenever Adamas hit his first homer of the series, would not be his only one, that if Willie Adamas and Ian Happ from the Cubs teamed up and faced the entirety of the Cincinnati Reds, they'd still be favored by a large, large margin because <laughs> Reds pitchers don't know what to do with them. 
So I, I looked at those guys and they just, they got theirs. What was it th- that surprised you the most about the Brewers in this series? Because when I looked at this, I, I low-key thought, and maybe I'm a little bit of a homer saying this, but I kind of saw a wounded Brewers side coming in, and I did think that the Reds had a chance to take maybe two out of three. I didn't think they'd sweep or anything, but maybe two out of three, and then they just got ran over, and the Brewers are going home and they got themselves some Skyline Chili on along the way, and they're pretty happy about it. I think your assessment is accurate, that it was an opportunity for the Reds. The Brewers coming in, having lost two out of three to the Mets, uh, coming in ice, ice cold, having lost, uh, I believe it was 14 of their last 17 games, Hmm. and just ice, ice cold right now. And the Brewers kind of looked at the Reds saying, this is the team we need to get back on track against. And for the Reds, that needed to be absolutely perfect baseball. And for the Brewers, they got away. I mean, Luis Urias made a couple of boneheaded plays. Willie Adamas got burned on a play as well over the weekend. I, I look at this team that, I mean, Tyrone Taylor made a couple of big gambles on sliding catches that could have not gone his way, that could still be rolling and be inside the Parkers right now. Mm-hmm. The Brewers played well. They didn't play perfect. But they're well, that just goes to show you right now where these two teams are right now. The the floor of the Brewers is still probably higher than the ceiling of the Reds right now, which is, it's a sad thing to say, but it's true. And for the Brewers, for a team, it's shocking to think this. Uh, this time a year ago, the Brewers were exactly 68 games in, 38 and 30, the exact same record, and coming off of a sweep at home at the hands of the Reds, where they won three consecutive games here in Milwaukee, and everyone was like, oh my goodness, what's going wrong with the Brewers? They're 38 and 30, what's happening? The Reds just swept us, they're legit, they can hit. It's amazing how fast that turned over, given it's been a calendar year and now we're looking at the Reds being a rebuilding team. You're dealing with a, an owner that's fighting with the fans. And, well, we can talk about owners with the Brewers right now, too. But, but the thing is, is like it has happened so fast. And the Brewers trying to make it five consecutive postseasons. And another team that probably could have made the postseason last year but didn't because of injuries and then decided to tear it all down. It's just kind of sad to see. Yeah, I... I- We've talked at length about the ridiculousness <laughs> that was this last offseason's plan and and how it really just looked like a dude who was balancing his QuickBooks app on his computer. But no, there, there was a lot of just huge question marks as to why the Reds took the step back that they did. There's a lot of young talent that is interesting and is going to make this team very good in a couple of years. But this season and very possibly next season is just going to be full with guys of guys like Brandon Drury who come here and they're doing a great job, but you know that kind of long term, I don't necessarily know that I want the Reds to invest in him long term. I think that they need to turn him into a much better trade chip than a guy that they would extend, and that's kind of a feeling that I get as we move forward through the season that the Reds really need to look toward the future. And that's something that they have basically told us since January that they are just not want to do. Whereas the Brewers, there's going to be a dogfight at the top of this division between the Brewers and the Cardinals. And kind of like you said, that series, another installment of this season's version of Brewers Cardinals coming up at you. It's tonight, right? Or is it Tuesday night? Yep. Tonight, yeah, four-game yeah. series. It's going to be a really good one. Burns versus Michaelis here tonight, which, uh, you know, Michaelis coming off of the near no-hitter. Corbin Burns getting back on track. He had a great start against the Mets over this past week. Uh, I, You know, appointment viewing for me, Monday Night Baseball. Hope you got MLB.TV and 
tune it on. Catch uh, myself with uh, Jeff Levering and Bill Schroeder. I'll be handing them stats all night. There you go. That's and, and it's a perfect segue too into what we can look forward to because this is a huge four game set for the NL Central as a whole because it's two teams at the top and three other teams that are just messing around trying to figure out who's third place, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But I'll tell you what, and I haven't looked at any lines right now, but I'd be very interested as to where Bet Online puts the line for this Brewers Cardinals matchup. And especially when you look at the over under with Michaelis and Burns on the mound, I have a uh, friend that always tells me when you get a marquee pitching matchup like this, take the over. Cause there's going to be something that happens with the lineups that somebody's going to go off. There's just, something's going to happen. And I don't necessarily know what that means, but I'd be interested to see where those lines go. And, but I, I noticed you just pointed down for the under. I want to take the under. I mean, okay. Burns isn't going to allow more than three runs. I mean, I don't know That's what true. it is either, but Burns is not going to allow more than three runs. Be interested to see what Bet Online has to say about that. And you know, if you want to find out more about a great bet, go to BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net has you covered with all the sports, whether you're talking about the current Major League Baseball season. The NBA Finals just wrapped up, but there's going to be a lot of great stuff in the NBA happening this offseason. <clears throat> is Russell Westbrook going to be in L.A.? I don't know. And you've got the Stanley Cup that is just absolutely will not quit. Right now, we've got Game 3 going on tonight. Colorado looks like they're just going to sweep through the entire playoffs and get this cut but the lightning got the experience bet online's got you covered for all that stuff including boxing and mma really good mma card coming up here in a couple of weeks that you can check out bet online has you covered with more props odds and lines than ever before go on your uh, go on the website on your desktop or mobile device today and check out the trends in action bet online is where the game starts Thanks again for uh, giving us a watch, giving us a listen today. This is Jeff and Dom from Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Brewers. We are crossing over here. We're wrapping up this series where the Brewers took three games at Great American Ballpark. And if uh, you're not watching us on YouTube, we have our handy-dandy Twitter. uh, I about called them tags. Twitter username. See, I was really rolling there. I was really rolling. Usually Steve makes fun of me when I trip up like that. But, it happens, um, man. It's Monday. It's all good. Yeah, it's it's all Monday. Good. It was a tough weekend for your voice. Got that Monday feeling, you know? But you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Dom at Dom underscore Catronio, C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Uh, Bonus points if you spell it right on the first try. Yeah. Sometimes I trip over that, too. Um, don't ask me to do the Blue Nile read and say the word jewelers fast jewelers very hard for me to do very um but no i i look at this season dom and i picked preseason and i still feel good about this because i feel like healthy and together the brewers have the best team in the national league i still feel good about the brewers winning the national league central um or best team in the national league central i'm sorry the mets and the dodgers will have something to say if they heard me say that but um the brewers about the dodgers right now yeah. They look a little human right now. That's true. They do. They do. They do. But I think that the Brewers are really going to win this division. And, of course, they got a huge opportunity with this series coming up tonight. What have you seen, especially with the guys who are hurt right now, how quickly will they be back? And how, how much longer are you going to have to rely on some different dudes getting some big starts every fifth day? I look at three things overall impacting the Brewers right now. And and first and foremost, before I get into the three things, I said on my season preview podcast for the Brewers that this division was going to come down to the final week. So while this is a big series here starting tonight, I truly believe this is going to be a 
bare-knuckle brawl down to the very end of the season between the Cardinals and the Brewers. So buckle up for that. These two teams match up so, so well. First thing that I get into is the starting pitching. Brandon Woodruff is on his way back. He's dealing not only, his ankle is fine now, but he's dealing with something called Raynaud's syndrome. Raynaud's syndrome is where you have blood vessel issues in your hand and in your fingertips that causes discoloration and causes uh, numbness sensations and lack of grip strength. And he has really felt it with breaking balls. However, he just made it through a rehab start with Nashville over the weekend. He'll make another one this week. So he should be back by week's end next week. Freddie Peralta has been out since mid-May. He won't be back until August in a best-case scenario. He just started playing catch. He's got a shoulder issue. Uh, It's non-surgical, which is the good news when when you're talking about a a shoulder. But he was shut down for a few weeks, just started playing catch, hasn't even been stretched out yet. So, again, best-case scenario is August for Freddie Peralta. And you look at these arms... They got a lot to cover right now. Jason Alexander has been a, a, a good send for them. Ethan Small made his big league debut, but hasn't been able to stick around. So they're going to a five-man rotation, and they need every single one of these five guys to show up to go with the Cy Young winner in Corbin Burns. The second thing I come up with is the lack of health offensively, too. Colton Wong's on the shelf now, and this is the healthiest the Brewers have been in a long time this weekend against the Reds. So the Brewers, you know, you think of the supporting cast, with Christian Yelich, right? You think of the guys like Colton Wong, like Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, Luis Urias, Willie Adamas. Those five guys, along with Colton Wong, right. they've only played together for four games all season long. So now that Wong's on the shelf, they're trying to figure out to make this offense work without him. So keep that in mind. The Brewers still haven't played at full strength offensively. And the third thing is their middle relief has been absolutely battered and bruised. I know all three of these points have to do with injuries, but three key things is that Trevor Gott is somebody that no one's heard of, but he's been arguably the second most important pitcher on the Brewers behind Josh Hader because he's been the fireman. He's been the guy getting it to that lethal 7-8-9 of Boxberger, Williams, and then Hader. And now that guy is Hobie Milner, who you saw plenty of this past weekend, sidearm and soft throwing lefty, and he's been a heaven send for the Brewers as well. But they have had no reliable middle relief, which is why they've been on this terrible stretch as of late because close games that are maybe down three to two or five to four heading into the fifth and sixth innings have suddenly become seven to four or eight to six you know they're not able to stay in it because of their middle relief so that's why the this you know snowball has become an avalanche as of late for the brewers those are the big three things that health 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 is all that matters right now for the brewers because they truly are on paper the best team in the central so when they're healthy i mean they're, they're not just the best team in the central they're a top three team in the National League and a legitimate pennant contender when they are healthy. Yeah, the National League is going to be, I mean, whoever makes it into the postseason, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch because the NLCS is going to be, I I know it's not going to be chalk because it's easy to say it's going to be Dodgers-Mets, but the Brewers are definitely going to have to have something to say about it because, uh, well, they're going to play one of those teams before the NLCS, and I think it's going to be interesting to see because if they get healthy at the right time, if you're talking about Peralta and those guys back, and you can kind of move Eric Lauer back into more of a middle relief where I really 
as an outsider looking in, I really like him there. And I see guys like Andy Ashby, who's out. Um, I didn't see is Brute as uh, Brent Suter hurt as well. Suter's still around. He just okay. didn't didn't pitch much. He has not been very effective. And you said uh, Andy Ashby. It's his nephew, Aaron Ashby. Aaron Ashby. Yes, it is his uncle, though, by That's the way, right. with the Padres. Yes, see? he was actually made a start in San Diego and Andy was in attendance. So that was pretty cool <laughs> to see. But Ashby's been really good. There are times that he gives up too much contact, but that slider's a big league slider. Right. Throws 97-mile-an-hour sinkers, and then you have the best closer in baseball waiting to go. And then your eighth-inning guy, any other team would love to have as their closer in Devin Williams. So it's a seven-inning game, perhaps. Even six innings, if you include Boxberger or Gott into that equation. That's all you need out of these guys. And quite frankly, Burns and Lauer are the only guys reliably giving you six innings on every single start. So that's why they struggle so much lately. Forget uh, Devin Williams, even Hobie Milner at this point, the Reds would like, because like you said, the bullpen is duct tape and it's it's a MacGyver project that they gave to someone who's not MacGyver. And I mean, Derek Johnson is a very awesome pitching coach. You guys know this. He used to be a brewer and Mm -hmm. he has been phenomenal in the guys that he's been able to work with. But it just seems like for every dude that he turns into a stud, the front office hands him some more of just huge project players that are well past their prime or, or are dealing with some major injury or something like that. It's just like if I were Derek Johnson, I'd like sit back and I'd be like, can I like for once get a guy that has a lot of money on his contract and for a good reason? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. That's just me. But that that's how I kind of look at it. And I kind of mentioned that there's some dudes on this team. Brandon Drury is the first dude that I think of that the Reds need to not necessarily be shopping to the first bidder, but to kind of. Look for the highest bidder because I think there are people out there. And especially when you look at the Padres who just got dealt a huge blow with Manny Machado. Hey, we got to do Brandon jury. He can help you out right now. He is on a career track. He's never hit more than 16 home runs in a season. He's probably going to do that before the all-star break. He's just playing out of his shoes and maybe a little bit over his skids. If you want to be a little bit honest about that, but it comes it Brandon jury brings a name to mind of a guy in the past for the Reds, a guy named Dan Straley, who they traded for Luis mm-hmm. Castillo. And I keep saying this, like, you know, make that kind of a deal. If you're Nick Crawl, the front office needs to be looking for these opportune moments because they've got some big trades in Tyler Malley and Luis Castillo that if they're going to make them, they better make them this year because they have two years of control and they, they'll lose out on a lot of return if they wait. Or if you're not going to do that, extend them or, or try to keep them for longer than the two years that they currently have left on their deal. There's there's a lot of question marks of this front office because of this last offseason, but it feels like there's a lot of goodwill that they could build up. And I don't think it would be that hard for them to do that. So how the problem can, with. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with Mali and Castillo is that. Crawl is waiting on the market to be set by Frankie Montas. The A's are holding everybody up right now by not trading Frankie Montas because he's got another year of control after this year. You think of similar righties between Castillo and and Montas, and everybody looks to Montas before they look at Castillo because they know Castillo is probably going to cost more in the long run. Yeah, and 
let's also be honest too, with the trades of Manaya and Chris Bassett, the A's front office looks just ridiculously smarter than the Reds front office, who literally waved Wade Miley for nothing, traded Tucker Barnhart for a project double A player, and traded Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez for a bunch of dudes who are currently hurt right now. Well, Brandon Williamson's not hurt, but there's a lot of speculation because his fastball is only touching 91. Maybe he is hurt or something like that. But there's a lot of stuff going on there that it's like there are easy comparisons. And you're right. Once Montas gets traded, we'll see what the market looks like. But there's a lot of teams. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are looking for starting pitching. The Mets have got to be on the phone. I would reckon every other day with the A's and the Reds trying to figure out who they can get. Because with DeGrom and Scherzer hurt, if they get Mally, Montas, or, or Castillo, the sky's the limit for that team. So uh, how do they get that deal done and all that? Anyway, that's, a, that's like a whole other podcast we <laughs> can get into. But clearly, two teams heading in completely different directions. The Reds are just hopeful for the future. The Brewers are right here right now and got a really good shot to go long into these playoffs. Dom, I appreciate uh, getting the chance to talk with you after this series. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what the uh, Brewers and the Cardinals can do because, believe me, man, there is no love lost when it comes to the Reds and the Cardinals, so I'd rather have the Brewers win any day of the week. We'd much appreciate it because (laughs) Cardinals Twitter has already found me uh, a few times right now, but little do they know that we're actually uh, currently tied in the standing. So I appreciate you having me on, Jeff. Uh, We don't see you again for a while. I don't think we see you again until the second half, if I'm not mistaken. Peeking ahead to the schedule now. Yeah, we don't see you. You come to uh, American Family Field August 5th through 7th. So uh, hang in there. Maybe you'll be a completely different team by the time we see you next. That's after the trade deadline. Fingers crossed. We maybe see a couple of other guys get called up. There's not a ton of AAA, but there's a couple of exciting prospects who, you know, maybe they take a jump and maybe they can get called up. But other than that, no, there's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff for the Reds moving forward, which we will talk about on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds. Thanks for joining us, though. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Brewers your first listen of the day. Now go check out Lockdown MLB because Sully's got you covered on the league-wide news notes and everything going on in between, whether you're talking about today or in the past because, well, Sully's been a baseball fan for a while. Check him out, Lockdown MLB, just like Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Brewers, free and available on all platforms. We'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.